Hey everybody, how's it going? Q is going to be joining us soon. Hope everyone's doing well. Happy Juneteenth. Um, this holiday that definitely is very co-optation proof. It's uh, no co-opting of it is happening. It's um, everything people needed, and then some. Um, all jokes aside, was Juneteenth something that we got for George Floyd? I was trying to remember exactly um, how he got here, but is it one of those things where, you know how, like, um, every time people ask for something, America just gives us some kind of empty um, symbolic gesture and I really can't remember exactly how this happened. And um, for for example, um, that line in every streaming channel, you know, where it has, um, here's a bunch of black shows. And I know that happened because of George Floyd. I remember when people were asking for um, defunding the police and all this stuff. Um, one of the few things that we suddenly got was a line in every streaming service saying um hey here's some black content um but yeah this kind of overnight rush to embrace um george floyd i cannot remember exactly i said to embrace juneteenth i really can't remember exactly um how that happened i was hoping someone else did but anyway we're talking about this article by Sam Adler Bell, um, that was a pretty interesting article where before I actually saw the article, I saw the pushback to the article. And I thought this guy just made this incredible class reductionist turn. I assumed that um, Sam Adler Bell had just done some kind of insane fascistic apologism or apologia, however you pronounce it. And people were accusing him of um, carrying water for the alt-right for... Oh, another popular thing that was said about this article, and this is something that people just do a lot now, where uh, the word harm, the the word harm has just kind of come to mean um, nothing. Like... As long as you are saying something that is not flattering or affirming to someone in a marginalized group, uh, somehow you are causing them harm, but it's implied that it's like physical harm, that um, there's not going to be open season on them, that somehow people who are waiting to do terrible things to them are now going to be um, emboldened and given the means by which to actually start um, hurting them. And I mean, there are times when I think words can actually, you know, cause cause harm or, you know, it can actually make a target out of somebody, like when you dock somebody or when you um, normalize not taking their claim seriously. But my personal thought, when I finally saw the article, it was nothing like what um, I expected. What was actually kind of interesting was 
if anything, the article seems to be trying almost to a fault to seem really fair and not hyperbolic. And it was something that you can tell they were trying to be very conscious of how it would be um, twisted in bad faith and everything. So uh, in some ways, I think if anything, a problem with the article is it kind of tries too hard to be legalistic and even-handed. And even then, it still ended up being accused of the exact type of stuff it was trying to me to not be accused of, like, you know, being right-wing um, apologia, being um, uh, reactionary screed, et cetera, accused with us. Uh, hey, Q, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I just uh, woke up from a nap, so I'm just uh, shaking off, shaking <laughs> off sleep. I had, I had my, my Juneteenth nap. Fresh for the pod, of... I just took a half an hour nap. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a, it's a new it's a new tradition. It's for new. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's called getting old. I know what it's like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not we're not that far apart in age. The um, but but please don't cheapen my my Juneteenth gesture. This was this was what it was for. Uh, have you seen Have you seen the um, I mean, this is like a surprise you at all. Have you seen the the threads where people are like, hey, it's Juneteenth. Um, um, drop your cash app. In, in the replies, what? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! It's Juneteenth. What? Drop the cash app? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, people are just tweeting like, "Hey, you know, it's what Juneteenth. Is... Drop, drop your cash app in the replies." And hey, hey, white people, don't drop your cash apps in here. And and it, it was the usual nonsense. People dropping cash app. What does Juneteenth and... have to do with people's cash app? I don't know, but everything's become an excuse to drop drop your cash app now. Uh, it's it's. Uh... Yeah, it's just very, very typical. And then now people are fighting because um, the girl who started the whole thread and who also added, hey, white people, don't you dare drop your uh, cash apps in here. Just uh, pay people. Uh, had an Ethiopian flag in her uh, bio and is not even of uh, black American descent, which, you know, um, a lot of times I think uh, a lot of the ADOS crowd can go a little too far, but that is one where if they were to go after her, I think it's totally justified <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. Uh, no one, I think, personally, I think should be using a holiday like that to drop cash cash app tax, but especially someone who's not even of uh, Black American descent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's wild. Like, uh, I, I I remember that happening back around the 2020 protests um, after the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others. And, yeah, like, after the Blackout Tuesday event, um, I did see very craven, like, the, not just, like, requests, but demand for reparation. So people were dropping their cash app, their Venmo, etc., and saying, like, hey, white people, you know, if you want to get right with us if you want to support us then uh donate to people's cash app and i'm like i cannot <laughs> i can't believe that you're using the the police murder of a black person to to enrich yourself like it, it's it's one thing if <sighs> i can't even explain any scenario in which this is okay 
you're basically saying like, hey, uh, this other black person who is not me got murdered, uh, and that there's there's no there's no financial harm that they have suffered as an immediate effect. So I, I want you to pay me anyway. So it's like, so if they pay you at a time when people are much more sensitive to the topic because of the murder of these two black people, why aren't you sharing it with their families? Or at least give, like, if not give it to their families, why wouldn't you share it? So like, what does it have to do with you? Why should you personally benefit? I don't think people even consider that. Like, it's, it's very interesting, but you're right. Yeah, no one really kind of considered. But but people think that they've been vicariously harmed by, you know, um, everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think somehow they think the trauma is theirs just by, I mean, I mean, with, with that Buffalo shooting, remember all the people that happened to it? With the Buffalo shooting, there were a lot of people who tweeted, like, um, you know, I feel scared to leave my house. Uh, this is a reminder that I'm a um, human target. Uh, so this threat is to uh, encourage people to drop their cash apps. I don't know if you if you saw that that threat, but basically every um, thing that happens becomes an excuse to make it about yourself and then to ask for um, some, some kind of um, extortive um indulgences you know it's, it's a very bizarre but also bizarre is like there's always some like white person with a um very typical bio who's retweeting this stuff too like like I, I saw somebody who uh tweet out um hey white people uh it's time for us to do it do our duty uh, i'm signal boosting this uh threat of black voices uh, also like um you know, people complain about bodies being used in places when uh, people would, would work, but I feel like bodies have been kind of dying down and voices become a new word that people kind of use when it, it could just be people like, uh, you know, um, so it's like uh, uh, signal boosting the, these voices. And yeah, I don't know. I guess voice is an improvement from body because at least it's, you have to be alive to have a voice. I don't know. It seems a little less morbid, to, you know, just call like living, breathing uh, human beings voices and bodies, but it's still, it's kind of creepy to me. Yeah, no, I, I have such a hard time with this because there's a lot of people that I actually like or that, you know, that I'm cool with that in in some ways buy into this stuff. And it's really hard to make the it's almost like people have this like this idea of like a collective responsibility to them but they don't really have a responsibility to anybody because they're tired they're exhausted and this idea that uh um you know it's juneteenth so here's my cash app or post your cash app like what 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 does juneteenth have to do with your cash app oh it's for reparations okay so are you saying that reparations is contingent on the willingness of white people to open up their wallets? Like, that's what we call reparations? Because if you start calling it that, what you basically mean is that reparations is guilt money. So think about what you're doing to the concept. Like, that's fucking wild. Um, I mean, don't worry. You take it from, you take it from, like, a specific legal grievance that people who are descended from um, American slaves, you take it from a specific legal grievance that descendants of slaves have with the state and then you turn it into your personal piggy bank like 
are you are you serious about this or are you not? Because that's that's kind of wild to me that you would cheapen a concept as as like that. That's a pretty serious concept. Like it's a fairly uh, it's, a, it's a central concept in the development of American democracy. Is to what extent does the state owe black people for the forced labor and the current conditions that black people in America are in due to the social the, the social construction of that forced labor. And this carries, all, you know, past the Civil War and into, you know, just under like 40 years ago. So you're willing to throw hundreds of years of, you know, hundreds of years of oppression, forced labor, um, re- reduced to chattel and property, if not just second-class citizenship. You're willing to take all of that and turn it into guilt money for your personal piggy bank, right? Like black people are owed reparations, whether or not white people feel guilty about it. And that's, that's kind of fucked up to me. Um, we have a decent amount of people here. So I think what I want to do is actually just uh, read from the article, but what I want to do is this, right? I didn't want to reading from the article and most of the people miss it. And then we have to keep repeating what's in the article. People are free to jump in at, Anytime, Q, you're free to jump in at any time that I'm reading the article. You do not have to wait for us to get through to the end of the article to jump in and share your share your point. Uh, go into the queue and we will drop what we're doing and get to you and then uh, you know pick up pick up again. Yeah, but I think you just read the whole article uh, at once and then start talking would you know take too long. So yeah. You can even start jumping into the queue even before we read the article. But one quick piece of um, housekeeping. If you are listening on the app, I'm not, not on the app. If you're listening on the desktop, if you're in a browser, uh, feel free to sign in and log in because it helps our metrics. It's a very minor ask. You don't have to pay any money to do it. Just takes a couple of seconds out of your day. But. It helps us as far as um, our listener stats and our apps and, you know, what we show the higher ups at uh, call in for the demand for the show. It, uh, yeah, for, what, for whatever reason, it doesn't go into the metrics when you listen anonymously on the desktop. So we have at least over 10 people listening anonymously on the desktop. Just um, take 10 seconds and create an account or log into your existing account if you can we'll remind people throughout but i also want to make clear we're open to i mean it should go without saying but i guess nowadays you do have to say it. we're open to differing opinions if you think that this article is a fascistic piece of trash that uh throws marginalized people under the bus for class reductionist reasons and is bad faith and is um you know, terrible. If you look at the description of this episode and you read those threads by various people on Twitter and you're like, I totally agree with this. This is causing harm. Someone's going to attack black trans people from reading this article. Um, please call in. We will take your complaints seriously in good faith. We will uh, not just be dismissive or do a pile on we will you know this is not just a what do you call it uh circle jerk this is not a echo chamber 
um, you know, but here's the article. The article is called Unlearning the Language of Wokeness um, and by Sam Adler Bell. Several nights ago, I shot up in my bed with a ringing in my ears and the queasy sense that the ceiling was getting closer and further away at the same time. I assumed I was having some kind of post-COVID neurological episode or maybe an acid flashback. It was neither. What I was in fact experiencing was a series of thoughts about quote unquote wokeness. And now dear reader, despite some reservations, I'm going to share them with you. What can I say? Misery loves company. Let me get one thing out of the way. The discourse sucks. Wokeness may have once had a relatively stable meaning signifying among 20th century black radicals and artists, something like staying wise to the persistence and insidiousness of white supremacy in American life. Now the term has been abused and stretched to a point of such ample unintelligibility that its mere appearance in text or speech reliably signals that an unclear or tendentious thought is about to be expressed, including, in me at least, a slack-jawed irritation that is phenomenologically not unlike having my ears boxed. It doesn't help that its most frequent invokers are so irritating. The pundits who invade against quote-unquote wokeness tend to fall into two categories. First, there are conservatives who oppose the goals of a more expansive liberatory agenda on principle and for whom quote-unquote wokeness is a conveniently pre-stigmatized shibboleth with which to launder their underlying disdain for a more egalitarian social order. You know what's interesting about that? He didn't use the word um, dog whistle, but I think he's basically uh, describing, you know, what a dog whistle is. Like he's basically using this uh, more benign term to hide uh, a more insidious motive. He didn't specify a racist motive, but basically an anti-egalitarian motive. And the reason I point that out is one of the things that was said about this article by its critics was that... um, it itself was using wokeness as a dog whistle. So it's kind of funny that uh, the article itself was describing the actual act of using wokeness as a dog whistle in a negative way. It, it, it was criticizing it, but um, because he didn't actually say the word dog whistle, uh, you know, people thought that he wasn't aware that, you know, wokeness can be a, can be a dog whistle. But I just wanted to note that I think... Um, he basically did describe what a dog whistle is, even if he didn't get as specific as to name it. Um, and second, there are quote unquote popularists who believe the capture of liberal institutions by overtly left wing com- communicators is bad for Democratic Party political outcomes. These latter pundits often con- conceal their disinterest in, if not disdain for, the goals of the insurgent left behind a plea for strategic unanimity and compromise. Uh, I think what's interesting about that is uh, we just saw a recent version of this with uh, Hillary Clinton. Have you heard about this article where Hillary Clinton said that she thinks that people are focusing too much on uh, the gender stuff and that is keeping um, 
us from winning elections and that's the most important thing right now and a lot of people are a lot of people are really mad about really mad about that and i think it's a textbook example of what he's describing what he's describing here um someone said in the in the comments i'm not sh sure what woke really means can someone enlighten me well hey that's one of the things that uh you know we're talking about now we're actually at the, at the part of the article where he does seem to be trying to do that um okay and so the loudest critics of quote-unquote wokeness are usually either a reactionaries who would despise left-wing values regardless of the idiom in which we express them which uh, again i think is what he's describing is uh it, they use it as a dog whistle or b liberals who have made such a fetish of electoral margins and campaign messaging that they don't recognize as legitimate those forms of political activity which are not reducible or in every instance conducive to the goal of democratic electoral gains those of us who believe in a more egalitarian racial and economic order and who doubt the democratic party is the only or best vehicle for achieving it have no particular reason to trust either of these factions their critiques of our political strategies are impossible to disentangle from the incompatibility of our political vision so at this point he's distancing himself uh as a white leftist slash radical from the people who are reactionary and just use wokeness as a dog whistle to just just hide the fact that they don't want anything good to happen um to the people who they're calling they're calling woke and that is it's just a facade which you know that's the category a and also the the democrats who are just telling people to shut up and vote blue no matter what and you're messing it up for everybody and sacrifice your own um your own interest you know to be a good uh democrat and the reason i make that explicit is because you know those are two things that he was actually accused of um you know doing by by his critics with this article uh was carrying water for those two groups but to be fair, just because you in an article explicitly say you're not doing something doesn't actually necessarily mean that you're not doing that thing. Sometimes people um, sometimes people try to dismantle objections that they predict, you know, early on, you know, just just as a rhetorical uh, trick to um, give them cover to actually do the exact thing that they claim to not be doing. So I'm not going to say this gets them uh figuratively speaking out of jail free uh the fact that he actually did this but i just want to point out that he didn't address those two things um doo -doo -doo. that being said i want to suggest that the critique of quote-unquote wokeness may point to a real problem for socialists feminists and other radicals one obscured by our disdain for its messengers and their motives this real problem is obscure because it overlaps at times with our opponents' tendentious complaints, so we dismiss it. To elucidate, to elucidate further, I'm going to offer, God forgive me, another definition of wokeness, and this might address what our friend in the chat asked for. He wants to know what uh, wokeness is, and this is, I think, a critical part of the, the essay, 
do you or do you not agree with this third degree, this third definition of wokeness? One which bears at least some resemblance to the way it's deployed in our jaundiced contemporary discourse. Here it is, meaning here is my third definition of wokeness that I'm proposing. Wokeness refers to the invocation of unintuitive and morally burdensome political norms and ideas in a manner which suggests they are self-evident. And I think we should pause there. And I kind of want to hear what you think about that definition, um, Q. I'm going to repeat it one more time for the audience. Wokeness refers to the invocation of unintuitive and morally burdensome political norms and ideas in a manner which suggests they are self-evident. So to uh, kind of dumb it down a little more, um, to invoke these new norms, like, you know, like this, this is the new norm in um, cultural politics. And it's not something that is naturally intuitive or easy to understand. And it's also very burdensome to um, follow. And I know one thing that people kind of tried to attack him for was that he was saying just being decent to black people, he's calling it morally burdensome or um, just respecting trans people and their pronouns. Oh, so you're saying it's a, it's a burden um, to do that. And yeah, I mean, maybe as we go forward, maybe the things he will describe as morally burdensome are just bare minimum um, decency. But right now where we stand the article, the definition that he came up with an invocation of unintuitive, that's one element, and morally burdensome, that's the second element, political norms and ideas in a manner which suggests that they are three, self-evident. So uh, it seems like it has to be unintuitive, morally burdensome, and the people who are invoking these norms are acting like, I think it's kind of actually redundant if it's actually not redundant it's um self-evident so it's it's the opposite of self-evident but they're tr treating it like it is self-evident like oh you're supposed to get this intuitively and it's the actual opposite of intuitive it's something that nobody would n naturally get on their own um what do you think about the article so far q which i'm sorry yeah, I mean, yeah no i read through the uh the article and i think i mean the the definition Especially as it's um, as he intends it, which is generally, I think, what people tend to mean when they say woke. At least if they're saying woke without the, if people are saying woke, um, what often gets heard is a malicious term that describes anything to do with race, gender, sexuality, and identity in general where uh, it's not wanted or not welcome. But there's all, like, cause so people say, like, oh, you know, woke is a dog whistle for racism. Sure, it can be. But it's not as if everybody uses it that way. You can say everyone uses it that way, but they don't. I think this is a fairly, it's a, it's a fair assessment of what it is that people mean. And that is, like, I can't, I I don't necessarily understand this thing, this idea, this 
uh, way of being that you're describing to me. And I might even be open to figuring it out. Like I'm, I'm open to the possibility of agreeing with you. I just don't see it right now. But I can't have a conversation with you about it because you're calling me a bigot for not getting it on the fly. And if it was like, I, I could see how people are reflexively, um, I could see how people are reflexively hostile to that proposition, except I see people do this shit all the time. And I always have to, I have to continuously remind people, like, it probably cost you a number of years and possibly tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt to get the knowledge that you have right now. Like, to, to get the knowledge and the experience to develop your ideology to the point where you are now, you expect people to get it just because you said so. And that's not fair. Like, if, if, you, if you believe that there is a cause, whether it's, like, marginalization or whether it's, like, uh, a type of social arrangement, i.e. socialism or whatever, anarchism, if you believe that that's worth fighting for, then it's, it's incumbent on you to have the patience to explain it to people in ways that they can understand. And they don't have to say yes. They don't have to. It doesn't make them evil people if they don't get it or they don't agree with you immediately. Like, it's up to you to give them the information in ways that they can understand and then give them the time to think it through and do the work themselves. And if they ask you for any resources, like, hey, where can I learn more about this? The answer is not Google is free. The answer is, uh, let me get right back to you or here are some books you can read. But that's well, not what well, happens. Well, well, Usually well, it, it gets short circuited to Google this free, you know? Well, well, well not always. Uh, this, this is what I think is one of the very unfair um, uh, double binds that, that they do. They do give you books and lists and everything. Google is free only happens when you don't just accept something they tell you at face value and affirm and validate what they say. So what happens is, uh, and this is one of the things that really infuriates me uh, a lot of times online is someone will be like, well, you need to read Patricia Hill Collins and you need to read Bell Hooks. And you need to get some intersectionality. And, you know, what you need to do is read this person and that person. And then, or, or you know, they'll give you, hit you with links. So it is a job to ed educate you the way that they're acting. You know, uh, I think when, what, what um, they really mean when they say it's not my job to educate you is, it's not your, they say it's not my job to educate you, but they're actually mean. That's code for, it's not your job to question me. But they, they can't say that. So, 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 so basically, to them, educate you means actually address your objections um, to poor data or to poor rationalization or at least perceived uh, poor rationalization. It's almost an insult to just not defer to them. So, uh, what I usually notice happens is they will give you plenty of books. They will give you articles. They will give you names to research. They'll give you all this stuff. But the minute you say, and this happens like someone like, uh, say, say Rennie, who's in the uh, audience now, you know, he will actually know a lot of the materials they're hitting him with. So he'll be like, actually, that's not what this thing says. In fact, on page six, this, that, um, you know, uh, what it is to the fact that, you know, on page six, on Patricia Hill Collins actually says the opposite. And it's like, um, yeah, it's not my job to educate you and explain these things to you. Just do the fucking work. And, and they will start saying all this stuff. And it's like, 
why is it suddenly now at this exact moment when uh, I'm actually asking you to uh, show your work and back up what you claim this thing says, you know? So, so it, it is, it is a funny little hypocritical thing to me that, you know, you're right. They do say, um, as long as I have to educate you, but they only say it uh, when it's, when it's convenient. And, in, and to me, what it really means based on how it's carried out in practices, um, shut up, you dummy. Uh, don't, don't you realize I'm, uh, the authority here, you're supposed to defer, defer, defer to me. Yeah, and it's like, okay, who made you God? And that's that's the part that <laughs> upsets me the most about this. And I think that's also why so many academics just like raised absolute hell about this article. Is that they're used to just being able to dictate and people listen, but that's inside of academia when you're out mm. in the rest of the world nobody owes what you, you just difference. said what you just said made me realize what uh it is when you, when you said doesn't make so many academics wrong it's uh mad uh south park respect my authority yeah uh, that's respect that's, my authority that's what, yeah yeah that's what uh it's not my job to educate you is my job it's not my job to educate you is respect my authority that's what that is right and and so the, and this is why I say journalists and academics, you know, and I, I don't exclude myself from any of this, but journalists and academics should just be banned from Twitter en masse because like they, they fucking, they stink the place up and the, the worst are the journalists that play hall monitor and the worst are the academics that engage in like pedagogy and dogmatism with people that never agreed to be, you know, to be schooled by them. And so, um, you know, the people that, raised hell after this article would say things that even in the academy they might make sense but to a normal person it's just like fucking what it was like if you believe this then you're disregarding the work of working class queer black women you know how that the, the you know like the identity jenga that they stack up um but they always they you know started with working class what was it dan Berger who said that and it's just like you know, yeah, sure, there are plenty of academics that come from working class backgrounds, but you try telling that to a regular person because the academics with working class backgrounds who write these ideas and paradigms, come up with these concepts, are not talking to regular people. They're talking to other academics. And what Sam Adler-Bell is talking about is how do you communicate these ideas to regular people? And it's very clear. He's saying, like, there's, you know, tremendous benefit that you get out of being in the academy. But the thing that we often forget is that these concepts that you learned in the academy don't necessarily translate to people that didn't have the ability to spend all of that time inside your inside your 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 lecture hall. So why are you acting as if everybody has an obligation to listen to you like like you're an I don't know, like a, like an unofficial professor, like you're the people's professor. In an academic setting, you know the students do have some obligation to listen to the professor. I mean, you, you show up to class, you don't you don't be disruptive, you don't have to agree with your professor, but there is a level of pedagogy involved, right? They teach, you listen, and if you have any questions, comments, challenges, or whatever, you respond. But they're leading the class. But once you take that out of the academic 
world and put it into the the real world, nobody has that obligation to you. Uh, totally, totally. Um, what do you think about the comments in the chat right now? Because oh, before I before I continue, I just want to do a quick reminder to the people in the audience because more and more people are logging in. I mean, more and more people are showing up. Uh, yeah, if you just showed up and you are on the desktop, you're in the browser and you are listening anonymously, meaning that you didn't sign into the service call in. Please um, take a second and log in. It takes a couple minutes. Uh, doesn't cost anything, and it helps us greatly with our metrics. It helps us show the higher ups that uh, you know people are listening, people are tuning in. I don't know why it's set up so that. Uh, it doesn't really show in the metrics if you don't log in, but it's a great service you can do for us. Unfortunately, because people pop in and out and they don't always hear us ask to do that throughout this speech, you're going to probably hear me periodically remind listeners to do that. So sorry to take that break. But uh, real quick, in the chat, there's someone. And, and personally, I... I don't want to accuse anybody of acting in bad faith. I'm going to always try to give uh, in, you in the chat. Uh, in the chat, there is somebody that says that this is violence, and their cash app is is dollar sign Rene Tay. And I'm going to say, <laughs> oh that, yeah, that guy. Is... That person, uh, that person is a fraud and an opportunist. Don't listen to anything they have to say. <laughs> oh man, I already uh, sent him a cash app, but uh, I guess I have to charge it to the game. Uh, but uh, someone, someone in there, uh, Biomed zero one zero one says. I'm not sure what woke really means. Can someone enlighten me? And I brought up that text during the reading of this. I said, well, listen to this article. He's going to try to give you a definition. Then the person responded later, just a concise definition in layman's terms. And then um, then he says, uh, it sounds to me that woke means awareness of prejudice. Okay, no, that's not what the article said so far. Like... And I feel like I just get really annoyed when people do that. Like they ask you, "Hey, um, in in that sea lion sea lioning cartoon, it just kind of feels like that." Um, hey, he's asking an innocent question here. Can you, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me something? And you give him a definition, and then they just uh, they just automatically change what you said to something that's more convenient to criticize. And to me, maybe I'm wrong, but I do not think that you can say what was described in this article by. Uh, Sam Adler Bell or our descriptions can be as simply boiled down as um, awareness of prejudice. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't really, really see that. But but I do think that's a perfect example of what makes the discourse um, really kind of difficult because and this is this annoys me in, in, in general, right? How many times do you see a tweet where someone says, I didn't read the article yet, but, and then proceed to start responding. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. The tweet should stop with, I didn't read the article. And that's a call to action to read the article. Why is, are there any words following, you know, I didn't read the article or, um, you know, um, I don't know what this is about, uh, but, or, 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 the, or they say the third one. And this is, I think what this category falls into so it seems what you're saying is, and then say something you're not saying, and then go go from there. And uh, these kind of, I think, habits make it really hard to talk about anything. Because before you even get going, you're already off the rails into um, 
kind of fallacy land. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, and the other part too is I, I, I think it's fairly clear what, and this is the part that bothered me so much about the response to this article. He, he made it very clear what he was talking about and who he's talking to. Right. So he wasn't, you know, disqualifying any funny, he wasn't disqualifying people's education or their intentions. He wasn't, saying that these people were acting maliciously or in bad faith, he's off of what I thought it looked like, at least, or the way that I took it, was a gentle correction. Like, you know, these are, these are ideas worth promoting and defending. It's just you're going about it in such a way that you make it hard for people to agree with you, which is, especially if you're a socialist, like, self-criticism and criticism is very important. Like, you're supposed to always be open to criticism. Um, and whether it's frivolous or not, like, you can decide whether or not it is. But if there's truth to it, you accept it. And the fact of the matter is, if you have so many people telling you, and you can determine for, not, for yourself or not whether you're being told in bad faith that your language is off-putting and um, inaccessible to people, you can take that if you want. But what you don't get to do is say, well, it's all of them who are wrong and they're just fascists anyway. Because now you're saying that you're, you're refusing to engage in any, kind of, in any form of self-criticism, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, Bernie uh, GA in the chat said, quote, I didn't see this Chappelle stand up, but I have an agenda. So therefore, what he was doing was awful because of X, Y, Z that I heard about from my friends. And he's um, ironically, I don't know if he did this on purpose or it was coincidence. He's quoting, uh, well, he's paraphrasing uh, Stephen Thrasher in uh, this appearance that he did on Brianna Joy Grace show Bad Faith with me, where he announced at the top of the show, well, I didn't read this, but here's what yeah. uh, I think. And, and, I and think. the irony yeah. of that is he's one of the people in the description who uh, is one of the people who I thought did that Bad Faith takedown of, of this article. So it's kind of funny you bring him up oh, that's when really he funny. actually comes up again as a recurring character in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this like, particular drama. You even read? And, and I would like to know if this person, because you know Sam Adler Bell does also talk about um, socialists in this, right? And, you know, another central tenet of socialism is that you, like, you have to investigate before speaking. You have to know what you're talking about. Which is why, like, you know, in a lot of cases where people say, oh, you know, I can't watch this show before I criticize it, or I, I can't watch this movie, I, I, you know, why, why put myself through it? I'm going to be triggered. It's going to... Fine, then don't watch it, right? But if you're somebody who does hold certain principled beliefs it is your obligation before you open your mouth to figure out what it's all about and you also don't tell people hey don't watch this thing you can critique it relentlessly according to what you believe your views are but it's completely out of character and breaking with principle to not only not read it, read or watch it yourself but to tell other people that they shouldn't read or watch and that, that's one of those ways that i can just figure out that people are completely disingenuous is you know people aren't dumb uh, i'm not afraid of anybody reading anything what i worry about is if they read or watch a thing and I, one of two things happen either people avoid that thing that they believe is harmful because they don't want to put themselves through it like fine if you don't want to put yourself through it that's okay but then don't encourage other people not to read or watch because what if they do and then they see like, okay, so this is not as bad as I thought. Like, it's not so obscene that I shouldn't have watched this. So what was this person talking about? And then they have no ability to form a critique. Um, and then the other part is where people do read or watch, but then 
they still encourage other people to not read or watch or listen or whatever. So the real, like the actual principal position, if you think that people aren't a bunch of children, like I've got two kids and a godchild of my own. I don't need to raise anybody else. So all I would say mm. is, okay, so here, like, yeah, I've watched or I read or I listened to the entire thing. You know, here's what I agree with, or here's what the merits are. And here's where I vehemently disagree. Like here are the problems. And if you form a cogent critique, that's not just based on, it was racist because so and so and so. It's like, okay, but what about it was racist? What was said? And what does it imply? Like you have like I don't know, like like actual critics are supposed to do. I I, I we have this episode coming up, so our next episode is coming out this week, and we have uh Chris and Teen from um Plan A and we were kinda of talking about what we think is gonna be a coming reactionary turn. Mm-hmm. And we were saying that even though we call it a reactionary turn, just to have uh, coinable, we don't think it's even going to be actually a whole bunch of people embracing the conservative uh, parties, embracing republicanism. We're actually really embracing the tenets of being reactionary, even though that's going to be a good chunk of it. Uh, we also think it's going to be, and this is something that uh, you actually first brought up um, to me, which I which I agree with. I actually have to credit you for this insight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of that, but it's also just going to be people who are just like, um, technically, I agree with you. I'm liberal or leftist or progressive or radical. Technically, I am for anti-racism. I'm um, for feminism. I'm for uh, pro-trans rights, whatever. Uh, but you guys just annoy me. So the next time, to use your words, um, you're getting your shit pushed in by uh the the republicans uh i don't i don't like them i don't disagree with them for the reason i I mean i don't disagree with you for the reason that they disagree with you they're they're racist or whatever but i'm not going to jump in and defend you either i'm just going to let you get your your shit pushed in and i think um that's something that when it happens sadly i don't think a lot of these people are going to learn that their bad faith way of engaging is what caused that. I think they're just going to use it instead as confirmation bias. Hey, I was right to, uh, uh, to be the way I was. I, to, to, to use an example, like I was, I, I read this book a while ago. It was called, um, it was a really good book. It was, it was called who's pulling your strings. And it's all about um, how people like, you know, manipulate you and how uh, they suck you into like bad faith. Um, arguments or relationships or one-sided uh friendships and whatever and it's a it was like a self-help book about um you know emotional vampires and those type of things and it was a very interesting book because it it said it was talking about prisoner's dilemma and it brought up game theory and it says um prisoner's dilemma in game theory you can either uh confess or um stay stay silent you can snitch or not snitch and there's uh, the whole game theory chart and, you know, uh, prisoner's dilemma works as in if um, both of you don't snitch, then both of you get the least punishment. You're like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. one year in prison or something. If one of you snitches, but the other one doesn't, the person who snitches gets um, a much you know, six punishment. years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and the, the, the person who snitches gets zero years of punishment and the person who snitched on gets six years of punishment and then you know if both of you confess um 
you both get some punishment, but not as bad as, you know, the the one of or when one of you confesses. And the optimal scenario is both people don't snitch. But because you're separated from the other person, you have no idea what the other person is going to do. And um they call it like in game theory, like a a, a bad a bad faith agent or um a free rider, the person who counts on you following the rules so that they can break the rules and you know take advantage. Like but to be a free rider or a bad faith agent, you have to have the other person um, um, follow the rules. Like, like if everybody in a society is a free rider or a bad faith agent, or in the case of prison dilemma, a snitch, you know, the snitching strategy doesn't work. It just uh, everybody gets gets fucked. So to be that bad faith person, that snitch, the opportunist, you kind of have to rely on the goodness or the willingness to follow the rules of um, others. And I think a lot of these people who use uh, the concept of wokeness and weaponize it to, um, you know, kind of bully people, to victim bully, to cry people, they're kind of like the the snitches in this, or the bad faith agents or free riders in this situation, the free riders in the world of social justice. If, if every organization is doing a Black Lives Matter and buying themselves houses, if every um person who's in this space is out for self or whatever then you can't grift you know um if everybody is doing a cash app um it doesn't work you need the people who are behaving um correctly but this is the part of the book that i thought was very good and applies to uh what we're talking about this is the ultimate point of me bringing up um this book and this example the book says that one of the hardest parts about um, these type of opportunists, and in psychology terms, you might call them like personality disordered people, you might call them sociopaths, you might call them narcissists, borderline personality, um, whatever. One of the biggest problems with these kind of people is they're um, always, they think as a justification, everybody thinks like me. Everybody's out to get the bag. Um, if I don't do it first, someone's going to do it to me. If I um, don't snitch, someone else is going to snitch on me, right? And um, if I don't do, do whatever, and they only look for confirmation bias. They only look for the times that people do it to them to justify it. So what happens is if you're repeatedly dealing with someone like this, um, and even if it's an example as simple as a bad faith argument, like I'm coming to the argument in good faith, you come to it in bad faith and you weaponize the fact that I'm trying to be good faith in this argument as a way to get an upper hand on me and to push your bad faithness. If I deal with you, if you deal with one of these people in any situation, whether it's prisoner's dilemma, an argument, a relationship, a selfish person, sooner or later, you're going to catch on and be like, what's the point of me fucking engaging in good faith with you? Because you're always going to be bad faith. So as a survival mechanism, as a defense, I'm going to naturally start being bad faith myself. Like, you know, uh, if, you, if you're never going to concede a point that I have to make, um, then what's the point of me conceding any good point you have? All I'm doing is putting myself at a disadvantage. You're never going to be turned to favor. Uh, if I don't snitch in the police interrogation room, I've dealt with you enough times to know that you're going to snitch. So even though I'm not naturally a snitch, I don't normally snitch. When I deal with your ass, I'm going to have to snitch because I just know you're a snitch. There's no benefit 
to me following the rules and being good faith when I deal with you because you have shown me way too many times that I can't trust you to be good faith. I'm just going to be uh, a huge sucker if I do it. Like fool me once, uh, you know, shame on me. Fool me 20 times. Uh, fool me once, uh, shame on you. Fool me a dozen times and uh, fool, shame fool on me. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, what the, the author uh, said is, the problem with these type of selfish people, and this is one of the reasons why people say like um, narcissism and cluster B personality disorders and sociopathy is um, intractable and like borderline incurable is they're unable to properly process that feedback. What they, what they see when the other person gets fed up and finally does that, they don't say, hey, maybe the way I was so fucked up in bad faith and everything I did finally bit me in the ass, I need to change, what they almost invariably say is, see, I finally got confirmation. That's why I was right to be the way I was. And then they double down and become that way more. They'll be like, see, I told you everyone's a snitch. I told you everyone's a bad faith agent. Uh, this confirms even more that my worldview is right. This confirms even more that I have to engage the world in this bad faith way. And I think when this blows up in their face, being this way, when the reactionary turn happens, when um, their so-called allies, just as you said, let them get their shit pushed in, instead of being like, hey, man, um, maybe I need to change how I approach things, they're going to be like, you know what, this is why I was right to engage in this kind of uh, bad faith weaponized wokeness. And I, and I think we're going to see people actually get worse uh, after the reactionary turn instead of better. And uh, Umit, if you want to, uh, if you're still awake after that long spiel, sorry I was on for that long, but feel free to unmute and uh, tell us what you're thinking. Hey, hey, can you hear me? Yep. Hello? Yep, you sound great. Okay. Okay, thanks. Um, I was the one who asked the question uh, about uh, what woke really means, and um, I, I'd like to explain what uh, how, how it all went. Um, you were... Uh, starting to read uh, from the from the article, and uh, I'm not an English native speaker, so I had a, a lot of difficulty reading the article, and I really had to to um, uh, struggle through it. Uh, so I checked out the Wikipedia uh, definition for uh, for wokeness, and there it 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 struck it 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 struck to me that it meant um, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, uh, awareness of prejudice. You said, okay, that's that's not really it. And as I was, uh, 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 um, I was going to say real quick, um, mm -hmm. you know, in 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 deference to your point, uh, yeah, what just happened there, I think, is an example of what I was just talking about. Like, you get so used to people coming at bad faith that you know the old me would have, you know, maybe taken you at face value, and your explanation, I think, was actually very fair and makes sense. You know, uh, English not your first language. You had trouble processing the article, which I agree. The article is very um, academic itself in its, in its tone, and you look for an alternate source. And yeah, I think um, what just happened there between us is a perfect illustration of how having repeated bad faith interaction kind of just makes everybody um, on guard and defensive and uh, looking to read bad faith into um, everyone's intent. So I will say that I apologize for reading that into uh, your intent, and I will take at face value the explanation that you just gave for um, 
why you put that in the no, chat. No, no, and, no. And, and no, and no feel free to, to, feel free to proceed. Yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah, because, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I've heard the term woke a lot of uh, a lot of times, especially in uh, media over there. I mean, I'm I myself am from the Netherlands, and um, uh, there is a really uh, uh, um, how do you say the struggle going on over there, um, especially when it comes to to uh, prejudice. I think uh, racism stuff like that, and I think okay, I would like to know how it how it goes, and sometimes I, I just check out what what. What things really mean, but coming back to the article and the, the definition that the the, uh, the writer um, explains is like, um, what do you mean by unintuitive? I mean, uh, things like that just pop into my mind. Um, I would just, uh, I would just like to know what uh, maybe maybe a, a real world example of uh, being woke or. Um, Something like that is that possible, or, or is it? Really I think it's. I think it's no. I think to it's totally. I think it's totally um, possible, and it's actually driving me nuts because I feel like we see plenty of these. And um, I mean, one that I think is, um, I know. I know with um, for myself um, with the trans stuff, there were certain principles that people explained to me that I didn't understand about they're kind of more commonplace now but um with the pronoun stuff when it first uh started getting into common parlance about um the pronouns I used to struggle remembering that okay even if this person uh presents and acts and behaves totally straight and and cis this person has told me that they um Oh, I have a perfect real world example. Okay. So I was trying to get involved in real life um organizing and an activist around like maybe 2015, 2016 when uh the George Floyd stuff was not the George Floyd stuff, or uh after the Trayvon Martin and the um Ferguson Mike Brown stuff. Yeah, yeah, Ferguson. Yeah. I I wanted to kind of get mm -hmm. more involved into real life stuff. I'm like, I don't want to just be online tweeting and doing threads. So there was this um, organization that advertised around my, around the corner from my house. They rented out a uh, space and they were doing a, a weekend long thing of um, events and organizing and a mailing list and all these things. And then one of the events was uh, find and adopt like a political prisoner to become a pen pal to. And they, I went to this thing and I'm like, okay, this sounds pretty good. And the, and the event was something that puts together, it was a uh, black activist and Asian activist, and it was supposed to be a cross racial, cross cultural, um, you know, coalition solidarity thing. So mm -hmm. I went to the thing, the people there were um, younger than me, but I was like, you know, this is their time. You know, I will listen to what they have to say. They're the ones with the time and the um, ear to the ground. They know what the current movements are. And, and I just want to, you know, get involved in, in this thing. And what was interesting is they had a table and I had to give it to them. This is one of the better um, activist spaces I've seen in recent years. Like a lot of the newer ones I see are kind of a lot more um, frivolous and like what they talk about when you show up. But these people were trying to do something good to me that was kind of tangible. So what they would do is you find a prisoner 
you get their um, information and then you just start writing that prisoner. But one of the things that they had, and it was so close, it was like 80 to 90% pretty good, right? Uh, they had these ex-Black Panthers. Not, well, I guess they're still Black Panthers. Um, they never left the organization. They, uh, they were pretty some, some really old people who had been in jail, they had been in prison. They had been in prison, they were recently released. And they were invited in there to give um, a speech and talk about why it's so important to prisoners, what it's like to be on the inside, to get letters from people on the outside and be um, get that light into the outside world, let people know that uh, this wasn't all in vain, that people remember them and all this stuff. But a problem that was happening was when they got started, um, people had to go around the room and give the pronouns. So you have to say your name, do whatever, et cetera, and then also mention your pronouns and who you are and all this stuff. And they went around the room. Um, I'm not really of that generation, but I've been plugged in enough. I've seen the internet. I kind of know to to do it. This is like, but it's, remember, this is like 2014, 2015, before it was really, really in vogue to do it. Uh, so I remember to do it when it was my turn, but when they would keep getting to the political prisoners, they would do everything but that, but they weren't doing it to be disrespectful. They just forgot they were in, they were in prison. They never got this habit. I don't think they even understood the concept. So then, um, some of the people, whenever they forget, said, oh, and please your pronouns. Don't forget your pronouns. And the person like, uh, what? Because your pronouns. And I was like, Okay, I get this is important to you, but right now you have to just kind of understand. Um, you know, you could talk to them more about it later after the event, but it kept grinding the event to a halt to keep interrupting the people to remind them when it was their turn to say their uh, pronouns. But there was a way in which they expected it to be evident or easily understood why they were asking this, what it even means. Like, like to them, they're like, um, you could tell in their face, they were kind of just thinking, I'm a guy. Like, I don't understand. Why do I have to explain uh, my pronouns? But no one explained to them, really. And and they would do it, but they would just keep forgetting. And um, th that's that's the most uh, clear example of it um, I can give from personal experience. And when I kind of saw that, uh, I expect this to be... Um, self-evident and you know some people say oh it's not burden it's not burdensome to say the burdensome part of sam adams bell definition oh it's not burdensome to um remember to say pronouns but you're not like 70 or 80 years old and have been in prison for a couple of decades like you know maybe to them it is a little bit uh burdensome in the moment by burdensome that doesn't mean it's impossible it just means it's gonna take effort to get it down into a into a habit when i say burdensome like you know like nothing burdensome is in oh it's too hard to do i give up these people were trying but i felt there was um a need to show them a little more grace but i don't want to slam the organization and make it about that because it otherwise i thought was a pretty good uh idea and organ an organization but there was a little bit of uh i think social emotional intelligence that they were unfortunately um lacking in that micro moment uh, 
Okay, so if I understand this correctly, and uh, maybe I can, um, so they lost the heart of the cause by uh, paying too much attention on something that shouldn't have been paid too much attention to. Is that something? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, you know, in fact, you kind of. Um, remind me of an idiom that we have in English of, you know, you miss the forest because you were too busy focusing on the trees. And I think, uh, yeah, 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 yeah that's, that, that's exactly what you kind of just described there. And okay. to, me, it's not the, to me, it's not the best example because they still at least uh, were trying to do something pretty, pretty good. But I've seen much, much worse examples where people will derail a whole um, event um, and have the mm -hmm. whole thing kind of uh, fall into shambles uh, because they were stuck on a particular point of procedure that, uh, you know, could have been handled later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I understand that. I understand it now. Wow. I mean, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Now, now, now there's another question just, just rose up. Uh, uh, what do you mean by pronoun i mean i don't know what that really means i mean, i think it's a grammar term but uh, um, oh i have to head this you... over to 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 cure to, to because i'm i'm already exhausted okay. from the last example <laughs> Thanks, so, so so let me okay. let me uh let me hand it over to q okay assuming q is still there okay you're there great, great. I'm, I'm here yeah, yeah i'm here um i'm sorry but i completely missed the question i, I am i am so sorry uh, uh, no, no, no problem. Um, I'll just I'll just summarize it uh, for for you to, to save you the burden of having to say it in English and overthink it. Um, yeah, he wants to know what is meant by pronouns. The concept of having to give you pronouns. English is not his first language. He just yeah. knows pronouns as a point of speech. Oh, not, not, yeah, that's the other thing too. Not the social just not the social justice concept. No, no, that's the other thing too. Like. Uh... I'm learning Chinese and, and, you know, Chinese doesn't really have pronouns that way. Um, and it's not like French, for example, where, you know, uh, that nouns have like a, a masculine and feminine, um, article. So I, I don't know, like I, I kind of look at it this way. Um, I, I've, I've got sort of two minds about it. One is that if you're in a setting, where people are comfortable with that and generally wait wait, wait 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 not just your feelings on it before you get to your feelings i yeah. think you must know just what the general concept oh what the concept yeah. is oh shoot okay, yeah okay. yeah my bad yeah. my bad my bad okay all right so yeah like um if i'm speaking to trevor and i'm addressing trevor directly right i'll say you like if i'm talking to trevor about something that trevor did i was i would say oh you remember when you said to me, you did this thing, so I'm saying you. Like in uh, in French, um, I would say, or rather in English, I would say you. In French, I would say tu. Um, and it, it, if I was um, if I was speaking about Trevor while Trevor wasn't there, or if I'm addressing a third person regarding Trevor, something he said or did, um, what I would say is he or him. So mm -hmm. if I'm talking about, say, um, Trevor's wife, but I don't use Trevor's name, I would say his wife, right? Or mm -hmm. I would say his apartment or his car. So I'm referring to him or his, right? 
if I'm if I'm talking about Trevor himself, like Trevor did something, I would say, oh, he went out to the store. So okay. his pronouns would then be he, him, his. Uh, okay. If it's yeah, if it's a woman, it's it's she, her, hers. Um, okay. In the case of somebody who's non-binary, that is somebody who does not, um, somebody who does not identify as gendered, then uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's the indefinite article, which is their, right? So theirs. So mm-hmm. if I'm talking about let's say a non-binary friend who doesn't um, identify as masculine or feminine, uh, I would say their car or their apartment or their partner. So, uh, yes and no, because it can also, it can also refer to the indefinite, right? So Mm -hmm. if, if I was, um, let's say, uh, let's say that somebody left my wife a bouquet of flowers and I had no idea who they were, right? Yeah. Then I would say they, I just said they. So, uh, if I was to ask my wife, if I was to ask my wife, because I don't know if the person is male or female, masculine or feminine, I would say, mm-hmm. hey, Essie, um, do you know who sent this to you? I would like to know who they are, because I have no idea yeah. whether they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so it's not just so plural, it's also indefinite. Yeah, so they can be plural, but they can be, a placeholder, can be a placeholder for when you don't actually know what uh, the person is. But sometimes some non-binary people don't go by they. So um, one of the problems is if you assume somebody's pronouns, even if it seems clear that this person looks and talks like a, what I think of as a man, they must mm-hmm. identify as a man. It's considered if I say he without checking with you first, um, I, and it turns out that uh, I'm wrong, you identify as they, I've just misgendered you. So I have not respected your pronouns. You're not supposed to assume... Okay what anybody's pronouns are before you wow. ask them. So you have to now well, ask it's everybody. Well, it depends. Like, oh. I would say, in my experience, like, in my experience with people who are, um, who, in my experience with people whose pronouns don't necessarily line up with the way they present. So if I'm talking to somebody who I perceive as being masculine, but they are actually non-binary, I... Uh, mm-hmm. And there's so there's a, there's a categorical error on my part, right? That's that's not what their pronouns are. I have never I have never in a on a face to face basis or on a like a group conversation or anything that I have never once experienced somebody getting mad at me or saying that it was rude to assume their gender, right? Normally, what'll happen is in that situation they they might either correct me in the moment or they might talk to me afterwards and say, "Hey, Q, just so you know." Um, I, I don't, my pronouns are not he or him. My pronouns are they or them. Right. Okay. So like, I've never, okay. I've never, I've never experienced somebody just like, you know, like reacting at me. What I find though, is that, uh, sometimes you find this happening in bad faith on the internet where you maybe look at somebody's profile, like you glance at their profile picture and you make a quick assumption. And mm-hmm. if they're already upset at you and taking you in bad faith, like they're already going to be ungenerous towards you then to get an additional dig at you, like to find an additional way to make it seem like you're morally inferior, they'll say, oh, and by the way, you, mis- you misgendered me. And it's like, all right, but... Uh, but cute, it's, but cute. It's, yeah. I, I, will, I will say one thing. I believe yeah. the person that you pointed out as an example who um, doesn't treat it as evident that you would you know, automatically get what to do and gives you the grace of, hey... 
this person just made a mistake, but they didn't do it in a malicious way. I'm just going to quietly correct them and explain later. Um, I think you're right. A lot of people uh, are like that. But I also think those people are not the kind of people that people think of when they say um, woke. They think of uh, woke being the yeah, person yeah, who yeah, yeah. will treat you. So, so yeah. I agree with you. That well, uh, like no, what that, I will but, say, but, what I will say, though, what I will say, what I will say, though, <laughs> is that what will often happen is it's actually not even the people who um, it's not even the people who don't present the way that you would assume their gender pronouns would describe them. It's oftentimes mm-hmm. people who aren't even non-binary or um, present differently. Like it's not the people who got misgendered that raise the stink about it. It's people that get mad on their behalf. So you're talking about somebody else, and it's not mm-hmm. even the person that you misgendered. It's like some other person that's like they're not, they don't go by the different pronouns. They're the ones that are going to get mad at you and like try to make mm-hmm. a public spectacle out of it. Okay, uh, just... t- t- totally true. Um, re- real, real quick though, um, okay. Umit, uh just to keep it moving, um, I wanted to mm-hmm. get to um, the next person. But if you have a short point to make. Uh, feel free to make it. But also, anybody who comes up is free to come back up into the queue afterwards. So uh, if you were to go back into uh, the audience, it wouldn't mean that you can't come back up later. But I will give you the option to make um, another short point for now before we move to uh, someone else with the invitation being open, of course, to come back up uh, later by being turning yourself into the queue. I completely understand. I just want to to uh, uh, just convey. I, I I now completely understand, especially what you were talking about uh, just before. It looks. Uh, uh, it reminds me of uh, some 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 Twitter accounts that people just uh, write under their own uh, uh, handle, like uh, she or her or he him, uh, stuff like that. I didn't even think about that. And okay, that. And you said you, you talked about that they really uh, concentrated on, on on always putting the pronouns down, and I thought, okay, now now that Q explained it, uh, wow, this is really uh, um, um, how do you say it, uh, tiring just just to 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 think about those things. But I understand that uh, that could um, uh, put uh, uh, some project or some 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 uh, action to a halt so now I completely understand your uh, your uh, story too Trevor thanks many thanks oh yeah uh, no problem yeah. that was uncharacteristically great discourse on the internet that gave me so much hope for humanity and online <laughs> um, you know I don't even know what to do with that if I was in the audience I would think he was a plant because it is such a perfect illustration of so many things like um, we talk about. I actually uh, feel pretty good. So I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a, a huge troll by the end of it that will <laughs> set, set the universe. I know. Yeah, that went that went too well. That went too well. Like, I, I feel like I was being set up for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thank you, Umin. And like I said before, uh, the invitation is open for you to come back up if you have any further uh, points. But I think that was a great example of how... Um, uh, things even in this day and age, 2022, are not as obvious or accepted as uh, you think. Because I, I was using 2015 example, but even myself, I started thinking that everybody now just knows about the pronouns thing because it's so entrenched in America now. And it was a good reminder or illustration of um, no, like um, it's not as obvious as um, you think. Uh, hey, Andrew, feel free to unmute. 
Hey, Trevor. Hey, Q. How's it going? Good. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Right always on. A pleasure. Yeah, I always enjoy uh, all of the various shows and things you do. Um, I was going to I was gonna ask, though, because I – okay, I also haven't read the Sam Adler Bell article. I actually read more of uh, Freddie DeBoer's article talking about it. Um, so I'm – I'm in the I'm in the probably should shut up camp, but I I also listened to a bit of the uh, bad faith episode Brianna did with uh, uh, Pascal Robert and um, and Freddie, and I thought I wanted to bring up Freddie's point to both of you, like how do we um, avoid being you know pretentious as people who do want to say, well, there's there is a legitimate like attack on trans people and gay people and reproductive health care in the United States. Um, and I, I think like kind of my instinct is actually to go like almost the kind of libertarian style rhetoric where people are like, why are you so fucking interested in what other people are doing? I thought you were supposed to be small government and let people do their thing. Um, which I, which I think sometimes gets traction and sometimes gets into some funny rabbit holes that get unproductive really quickly. Um, but kind of Freddie's point was there has to be a way to, um, to not put kind of, um, like unproductive or counterproductive rhetorical habits at the forefront of what is actually a good policy agenda on the left. Um, 